0: So, before we get started, I should make it clear that I am not a musical genius and I am also not classically trained and I have a tendency not to do things by the book. That being said, I love orchestral music and the music that were in the movies that I watched as a kid basically scored my childhood (laughs) So I wanted to take you on a behind-the-scenes look of the scoring process for The the Bad Playwright Um, because I always remember being younger and watching those behind-the-scenes featurettes that would come along with the movies. And that's really where I found my inspiration to do this. That's, like, I'd see... Someone talking about the writing, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta start writing." See someone talking about the the, the the costume design, I would I would go down in my basement and make some uh, shlubby costumes for my for my movie, and um, like I'd see the scoring and, and the set and uh, and the editing and all of it, and I would just get overwhelmed and <laughs> want to do it myself. So this is just like focusing on one thing. Um, But I didn't want to neglect someone that process, you know. I don't know who's listening. And uh, so, yeah, I hope this uh, inspires you. And if not, I hope it entertains you for however long this is going to take. So. So I've never been good at remembering lyrics. Even with my band, Mr. Morlock, I struggle to remember our own lyrics from our own album. And it's, it's it's not fun. I've just never been able to connect with it as much as I've been able to connect with melody. Now, a good melody, one that I can follow and one that has room to become emotionally attached to, I never forget. I think one of my earliest memories of realizing how much I felt a connection to Melody was in the commercial for the movie E.T. Weird place to start, I know, but I'm not necessarily traditional in my scoring. I'm quirky, I'm not like other girls have fun trying to find another composer like me. It played before the DVD release of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which me and my family would watch religiously at my grandmother's apartment. All year round (laughs) now I say commercial because to tell you the complete truth I had a very real fear of E.T. and uh, the most exposure I had to E.T. was strictly from the commercial and the first 30 minutes of the movie but I didn't finish it until I was at least 14 but found myself mesmerized with that little motif that he used in the trailer each and every time. That little, little, little uh, do 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 and, like, I'd sit there, cross-legged on the floor, and hum it along with the trailer every time. <laughs> and to this day, it's not just one of my favorite John Williams scores, but one of my favorite scores, period. Seriously, go do yourself a favor and look up the track and credits from the E.T. soundtrack reissue and marvel at how much of a beautiful man John Williams is. When I'd watched the behind the scenes on my DVDs, there were two things that I was always looking forward to most. The SFX makeup and the composition of the scores. Sometimes, when I was playing in my room uh, with my Indiana Jones or Star Wars action figures, I'd pop in the DVD in the DVD player in my PlayStation 2 and just leave it on the main menu so I could hear all of the the main themes of the movie and just kind of like play it for background music. Um, That or like I would actually pop in the soundtrack to CD player um, and just try not to bump the floor and play too hard or also scratch the disc. But that was a little more rare because I wasn't necessarily like going out to the store on my own and going and buying the uh, soundtrack that's like 30 years old at that point. So, I couldn't I couldn't really take it with me. Um it's it wasn't as easy as it is today. Like this was like before iPhones. So the only way that I could actually take my music with me was on a CD in this clunky little CD player that I could holster onto myself with either a fanny pack or you could sometimes you could clip them on to your like belt loop. And it was kind of the bomb. Again, if you didn't move too much, and then you would you scratch the disc. But I couldn't really go anywhere. My, my parents were pretty protective over me, thank God. And so I would just kind of ride circles around the town hall parking lot until I'd finished the Wizard of Oz soundtrack. So let me play you something. four notes, and with each measure, the fourth note is scaled down, which mirrors his descent further into his writer's block. Wow, that's the name of the track. I thought this guy said he wasn't a musical genius. Guess I can't believe anything he says. So I based a lot of the low-down piano-based themes off of the work of Bill Conti in the Rocky series. Because I always adored how much he used Rocky's theme, or Gonna Fly Now, to heighten the drama, or the tension, or using Going the Distance, to um, really kind of theme those fights, and kind of solidify them with a sound, not just a visual. And so, that classic Rocky theme, Gonna Fly Now, is so impactful, when you strip it down cuz i feel like when you take away the horns and and the flutes and and the the and the funky 70s band that's playing with them y- you get just a person like it's just rocky when it's just those 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 do 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 and like it's, it almost feels like two different themes, but subconsciously you know that they're the same. And so when eventually we get to that point where we're using that big montage music and and he's he's like going at it and he's training to rip this guy apart, you're actually feeling it because he's he's he he is this theme. He is this is his mentality right now. He's, he's, he's got this can-do attitude because the theme has evolved just as much as the character throughout the span of the movie. So I wanted to get in the heads of the characters. Um, and when we first pick up on the narrator, he has absolutely nothing that he sees himself as. His worth, his goals... His, his aspirations, to him, he is just as blank as Jane. So to connect their themes was always something I wanted to do because they, they've they always been extensions of each other. They, they've never been two separate characters. They are one character, but just different parts of each other. And so... I wanted to connect their themes from the beginning, and it actually ended up being an accident. Um, I wanted to do that, but I had no idea how to do it. I had created two separate themes, and then one day, um, I was trying to figure out the end of the overture, and it just kind of hit me when I had the two themes stacked under each other. And uh, granted, it wasn't perfect, but I saw enough similarities in the keys To realize, oh shoot, (laughs) like that would be way more impactful if I were to be able to actually um, audibly show you that these two are connected in a far greater way. So when I first started scoring, I knew that I really wanted every kind of tune that comes out of this to be a theme of some sort. I wanted it to be very theme-based. And what I mean by that is that everything you hear has a significant purpose. Um, It's not just background music. It's not just something to heighten the emotion of the character, but it's it's something completely on its own that's telling its own story. So, I wanted to have the story of Jane and the narrator trying to find her story um, be at the very forefront, but also have this completely separate storyline that's going on in both their heads happening simultaneously. So, each time I use a character's theme in the production, it, it has an immense amount of importance and relevance to the story. So. Definitely, when you're listening to it next, <laughs> hint, hint. Um, go listen to it again. Um, listen to the scores and where they pop up because they really, really tell their own story of what they mean and 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 where they're coming from. Um, it, it, it might not just be completely aligned with everything that's going on, Uh, but in a production like this, a a production so fixated on the idea of thought, I'd like to think that the score and all that they represent is an audible way of tapping into their inner thoughts and kind of the subtext in each of uh, our actors' performances. Because in a production where you can't see people's gestures or eyes or any kind of body language, It's nice to have some other form of subtext to accompany the actors' performances and kind of carry it to a next level. So, as I said before, I am not a musical genius. But, what I can pride myself on is that I am an adapter. As a child, there would be many times where I would write a short film, or play, or something, and there'd be no one around to cast. Um, I was homeschooled, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, outlets to make a number of friends in the, like, acting or whatnot community. The most that I had was through, like, co-ops and through my church. Um, So that's where I really began to pick up hobbies like stop motion and editing. Um, Because not all my friends wanted to act. Some people were embarrassed about that kind of stuff or whatnot, it was, you know, it's, you're a kid. And sometimes you got your kids who are super duper down for everything. And most of those kids are still the ones that I talk to today. And um, then you got like the ones who were logically thinking, and that was definitely not me. But with those experiences or without those experiences, I never have learned to stand tall during those times and kind of oppose the thought of just scrapping a project. And believe me, I have scrapped so many projects. There's just been so many times where they don't work out and sometimes that's okay But st- failure no matter how many good things you make still follows close behind There were plenty of opportunities for me to cancel the bad playwright, but still we decided to keep going and I I'd Never scored a project before um, i never done anything really on the the audio side like podcast or um radio theater um and and though my experience with music and and sound design and mixing had been present since i was 12 i i i I didn't really do anything this tasking or this long this is this has been the longest project that i've um actually produced but this was just to say get out there if you have an idea big or small go out and make it it doesn't matter what the quality looks like right now because if you don't do it there's no chance that you can get to the quality later like if you put out a crappy little project in your opinion and then one day you get recognized guess what? You get to go back and remake that project, and it gets to be even better. So, be prepared. Be prepared for the the, 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 the roadblocks. Be prepared to be tested uh, until it looks like there's nothing you can do to save your project. And And just when that happens, create something so out of the box, so original, and so for you that failure has no idea what to do with you. Catch it by surprise and keep doing what you do best.